for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Top Hill Recording. Hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 60. What's going on, Neil? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Big 6 So you brought us another bargain bourbon today. Yeah, we're doing the bargain bourbons. Uh, <laughs> so you uh, asked yesterday, well, last podcast, the old charter, and then you brought up Benchmark, and I was almost brought the Benchmark yesterday. So yeah. it worked out. We're going to finish this with a you know this little bottle, and then we got to decide which we like better. All right. We got a great guest Today, we've got Burton Carr with Radio Ritual. Welcome, Burton. Hey, Brad, Neil. Thank you for having me. It feels great to be here. Absolutely, man. We're glad you could join us. Cheers. Cheers, yeah. Neil. Yeah, cheers. I know you're drinking coffee on that end, man. There. I'm going to make a buzz with my coffee right here, but... <laughs> yeah, so so what time is it in L.A. right now? Right now, it's uh, 10 to the 5. It's, uh, it's an early start for me. It's a day off, so, you know... Just enjoying uh, a little bit of uh, time off here with the family and having some coffee and talking to you guys right now. So, cool. Yeah. We might have to worry about you if you already were in hitting the bourbon. So. Yeah, ten thirty-five <laughs> with the family. <laughs> hey, man, thank you for uh, thank you for doing this. I know it's pretty early out there, so thank you, especially on your off day. No, no, but, uh, it's, uh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's early, but you know the the band is always nonstop, and and we like it that way. You know? Awesome, yeah, be that way for us. Yeah, it's good to stay All busy, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, especially on so, these times, right? No kidding. So, Burton, won't you start us out? Take us back to childhood, and and uh, tell us a little bit about your early childhood memories of music, and when you realized music was going to be an important part of your life. Yeah, absolutely. I guess uh, we're taking us back to Argentina, where oh. I come from. Oh, cool. Uh, oh, Buenos Aires, actually. And uh, yes, yeah, so I remember the, the first impressions that I got were because of a cool ankle I have from my father's side. Um, he was always uh, showing us um, Injustice for All by Metallica, uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Uh, by the Red Hot, you know, Mondo Bizarro by the Ramones. So, so he was pretty much impacted by that era, you know, from the, the early 90s in uh, different music, you know, trash metal, rock, you know, um, uh, the stuff that the Peppers were coming out, you know, a bit of a funk, but heavy too, you know, a lot of Jimi Hendrix influences in that record mm -hmm. as well. 
So that pretty much set up the tone. And uh, the earliest memories that I have is going to to my grandparents' house. Uh, family meeting, you know, we're having a little bit of lunch, barbecue or whatever we, we were cooking back there in Argentina. And then, you know, it's time for a nap. The kids are going to take a nap. We were all going to the to our uncle's bedroom. And when we were uh, to sleep, he would wake us up with like the intro of Justice for All, you know, full blast <laughs> with that painting, yes. with the guitars and the drums <laughs> going back and forth and blacking it. Uh, and he will always do this stuff, you know, for us. So he will wake us up, you know, what's that? You would never hear that stuff, you know. For, for us, it was like uh, Dire Straits or Genesis from our dads, you know. Oh, yeah. He came up with the heavy stuff for us and uh, to me and my, my cousin as well. But it really affected me in the way that I, hey, I want to do this stuff, you know, just, I just want to play music. I feel this feels really good and right for me. So I guess that was the first one. And then the second one, I think it was, uh, it was when the You Could Be Mine video from, from Guns okay. went out and, uh, and Terminator was, you know, was reruns of Terminator 2 and having John Connor with, you know, Axel and Slash, you know, rocking out and him on the motorbike. <laughs> That stuff got really into my mind. It's like, this is really cool. I love this kind of music too. So those are the two earliest memories that I have with uh, with rock music that were like super determined for me uh, because I felt it was like right. You know, I felt the feeling inside. It's like, hey, I want to do that. You know, it's just, uh, I feel it sounds like really right. And, and the sound is also legit. You know, it sounded honest. It sounded raw. Uh, you know, it's, it really determined me in the way that I wanted to pursue my life or what I wanted to do with it. And, and speak of, I mean, that's a good uncle, man. Those are every record you named were amazing records. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did it right. He did you right. <laughs> Still talking to him every, every week and uh, he likes the music that we do. So, you know, that's a, uh, this is a really good compliment from him because if he likes those records and he likes her stuff, then means like, you know, we're, Probably doing something right over there. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. A good critic too, huh? <laughs> he knows good music for sure. So how old were you at this point in your life when you remember, you know, what, getting waking up with that music? I think it was like 10, 10, maybe 10, 12, something like that. Up until the moment my, my grandmother got me my first guitar Ooh. that I didn't know how to play it. I just, you know, I just put it in on me and just like use a pick and bang the, the strings. And uh, that for me was it you know? <laughs> already. Uh, that was like, when I was like 12 years old, 13 years old, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Was it an electric? It was an electric and I didn't know how to play it. I didn't know that you had to put them in the, the fingers on the, on the frets. Nobody <laughs> taught me anything. I just, you know, they, you wanted a guitar, here's the guitar, you know, just, had a little amp with some distortion in it. Then one of my friends told me how to set it up for distortion. And oh, yeah, that was it. Blew your mind. <laughs> yeah, it blew my mind right there. So <laughs> how long did you go without knowing the guitar before you decided, I got to figure this out, man. I, I, I can't play Metallica. Well, I guess it was like, yeah. I, I mean, I, th- I think it was like one year that um, I thought I could, did, you know, learn it by looking at, Slash or, you know, whoever was on a BHS or MTV at that time. <laughs> uh, I could figure out, I think I could figure out what they're doing and I couldn't figure out anything about it. So uh, I started taking lessons, you know how that is. You know, they teach you a couple of chords, some scales here and there. Then you think you can do better on your own. <laughs> you go back, you know, 
out the classes, you know, back and forth with uh, with teachers from time to time. But yeah, it was pretty much self-learn. Uh, then the internet came in, taps came in, tablature, you know, and, and song sheets and stuff like that came in. The access to the internet was amazing because oh, you yeah. had a plethora of different styles that you can learn from. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, I think uh, it caught me around the right time where internet made it really easy for a lot of people to learn how to play, I think, on their own way too. If I'm thinking correctly, you were probably develop- developing your love for playing the guitar about the same time the internet was really coming through with YouTube and all the things that were just tutorials and tablature and, and, uh, and those things like Napster. that. Napster. There you go. <laughs> Napster. I, my... I remember that, that fight over it. Like everybody saying, Metallica, you know, you're millionaires, man. Why, why do you even care about that? They, they were right at the time, you know, at some point they were right about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, that exact same time where the file sharing thing is started to be something. The internet came up with uh, websites for guitar playing, especially for like made up by fans from from big bands. You know, like Metallica had their own fan base, and they would write their music sheets to to the, for their fans, or they would uh, you know share stuff. And you had to go into each uh, band's fan page or some website or something to find it. Then somebody came up with the idea of having it, everything in just one side and completely changed the game. But before that, it was like really fan base. I remember mm. uh, the websites, stuff like that, bootlegs, content from bands and stuff like that was usually from uh, from a fan base. Yeah, you know what? I remember those days. I definitely remember the days of the long form tablature where if you printed it out, it was just dot 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 four. Two. Yeah, yeah. It would start start printing like 50 pages sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, for like, uh, you know, Sweet Home Alabama, three uh, chord song. (laughs) Or Freebird. (laughs) Were you still still in Argentina when you started taking lessons? Yes, I did. Uh, I stayed in Argentina till 2017. Uh, latest the, the last months of uh, 2017. Okay, came here to tour with the band. Uh, immediately fell in love with the place and the opportunity, so I decided to come here in 2018. So yeah, spent my whole life in Argentina. Uh, had a couple of bands over there. Nothing big, but pretty much good enough for for to write good songs and have good shows. So you know, next level was uh. Coming here to tour with one of those bands, the opportunity came in. I stepped on it right away, and here we are. Who were you touring with at that time? And did that band bring you to LA? That's right. Um, it was a it was an alternative rock band, pretty much on the Queens of Stone Age and uh, uh, vibe. I would say a little bit of stone rock, a little bit of alternative, um, a lot of uh, Eagles of Death Metal influences too. Uh, the, the band's name was Lujuria. It's, uh, it means like last in, in Spanish. And, uh, they were doing this tour. They needed a guitar player, uh, to go on tour with them. And that's when I came into the picture of that band. That's how I got here to LA. And then, um, we parted ways, the band split. Uh, some of the guys stayed here. Other, the other guys went back to Argentina, um, and I decided to stay here and uh, start Radio Ritual, basically. When you were 12, 13 years old in Argentina learning these guitar lessons, 
Was yeah. it hard for you to find somebody to teach you the music that you liked at that time? No, because I always had good luck about that. I really? always had good friends or people, you know, um, either acquaintances or people that I met or I know from uh, family, friends or stuff like that. I always had this, uh, the the figure of either the cool uncle, for example, or the the older brother or an older friend that would know how to play guitar and, you know, would be amazed of the same stuff that uh, it, it, it amazed me or influenced me and they would know how to play it. So I was, always be that kid that, you know, it's just like, nugging you about, hey, teach me this, you know, hey, <laughs> teach me that, man, how you teach me how to play that. I was always that kid, man, interested in learning how to play the stuff and learning from the people that could, you know, teach me something, so. It always seems like a, a person, especially at that age, that sticks with guitar or sticks with an instrument has to be around and playing the music they love, otherwise it doesn't stick. So yes. it makes mm-hmm. sense that you were fortunate enough to find those people to kind of drive you on towards that. I'm, yeah, I don't know if it's for, for you guys, but, um, you know, when we were starting music, uh, I feel everybody comes and goes to the same place, right? You you start hanging out with people that like the music that you listen to because you feel like it's, 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 it's like a team or it's a unity, you know, right? Especially like in genres like heavy metal, for example. Mm-hmm. I remember being a metal kid and it's just 18 to uh, 19 and the 20s going to concerts with my friends. And it was all about metal, man. You know, it's just like, <laughs> you know, that unity, you know, and going to the shows and seeing the, that there's people from other parts of the city that uh, feel the same way that you feel about that song. And they're like bashing your heads or bashing your bodies between each other just out of like consent and because you like the music, right? So um, I think you always need to have that also in your upbringing or if you're playing an instrument, you need to have that kind of uh, feel that you're belong to somewhere right or somebody is kind of like helping you guide you the way or learn or teach you stuff right mm, no doubt so you you come to the states in 2017 with a band uh that that band kind of dissolves how did you go about finding other musicians to form a new band oh uh, that was uh it was tough actually because uh I remember coming up with some of the songs that uh, that we have out right now, and um, I think is this 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 good enough? Somebody is gonna be interested in playing this stuff, especially here in LA, that everybody comes to, you know, make it somehow. Either uh, you come here to form your own band, or you're a sessionist musician, or you want to play for a big band and you want to do tours. So everybody kind of has their own interest in their follow their musical career. So I remember I was really hesitant about uh, showing it to other people because I didn't think there was going to be the same interest since it was a, uh, a new project, right? You know, there's a lot of things you got to you got to do first to to call it a band. You know, so kind of have a vision, songs. First of all, uh, the members of the band, right? There's all this stuff that you that you need to have first to stop calling their project and call it a band first. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, but I was super lucky cause, uh, the first person I showed it to is, uh, our other guitar player, Mac Pettis. Uh, he plays rhythm and lead guitar also on radio ritual. Um, I showed him the songs. Um, we know him from before because, uh, he works at a, a Gibson guitar company. So, oh. 
yeah, he, he's he's a he's a good buddy of mine. He's a guitar enthusiast, um, and we met him through the other band. But he was always interested in the music that we were making. Either it was from the band or from each other's. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to show him the stuff that I was doing and it really uh, gravitate toward his style of music as well. Uh, so he was down to do it. And that's how we started, you know, looking for uh, singers or drummers. And we, when we were having an idea or a song and we wanted to develop it, uh, we just would call one of our good friends from other bands from here in L.A., and they would start, uh, you know, helping us out on the drums or on the parts and the recording, whatever. It's a, it's a good thing to be here in LA because a lot of people are trying to make music uh, on their own. Technology helps a lot, so you know, it's just, there's infinite possibilities, and that's a good, really, really good thing about being here in Los Angeles, for example. When you had what you wanted to kind of go out there and, and get your bandmates with and form this project. Uh, what what were you taking to him? Was it a an acoustic guitar? Was it a, was it a? Did you have something recorded already? I mean, or was it just a bunch of ideas? It was uh, basically a song structure. Okay. Uh, when I write stuff, um, especially when I do it on my own, for example, I try to create a, a song. You know, it's a it's always going to be, uh, and most of the time it's going to be ninety percent of the time it's going to be a riff based song. Uh, because I'm a guitar player, so I write riffs. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, the way that I do it is, uh, you know, I try to come up with something that it's easy for anyone to sing on top of it. Uh, it doesn't have to be lyric, but it could be a melody or it could be something that you mumble. Uh, for me, the, if a riff is good, it's going to make you either mumble it or sing it on your head. You know, that's pretty much a determinant to be, for me, what is a good riff. Mm. So... I would start with that, um, see if it fits for a verse, you know, or or an intro, whatever, and then just start coming up with parts and uh, basically bring a song structure. So that's the way I thought it was going to be uh, more productive for everyone, you know, to have some kind of a structure already uh, and then find a singer to lay some uh, lyrics and vocals on top of it. And uh, in the meantime, that happened. Uh, we started... Uh, uh, you know, acquiring a drummer, uh, a bass player, and that's how the band started to grow. And uh, yeah, you were. <laughs> so was it uh, was it intentional on your part to end up with the uh, diverse group you ended up with? Or did that just kind of happen because the musicians you knew? That happened because of the musicians and, uh, and basically being here in L.A. Uh, uh, you know, people come from all over the world. We were fortunate enough to have another Argentinian as well and a Brazilian, uh, which are their next uh, our next door neighbors, basically in Argentina. <laughs> uh, but I feel, uh, you know, it was out of luck. Uh, basically, we connected with them, uh, even though we had played, for example, with the drummer. Like one year ago, we shared the bill with uh, my previous band and his band in that time as well. So. You're all kind of connected here in LA, but you don't know it until you speak about it. And this guy knows knows that guy, and you know you know that guy who played with that guy. It's all like that. You know, it's a small world uh, at the end. Yeah. So you have you have five band members that represent four different countries. Is that right? That's right. We got uh, Juan Carlos, our singer. 
um, who was born and raised in Spain and then uh, lived in Washington. Then he came here to LA. Uh, we got Eduardo Baldo, which is our drummer. He's from uh, Porto Alegre, Brazil. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff, really good stuff uh, back in Brazil. He even opened up a, a show for Metallica. He played in Rock in Rio. He, he's done a lot of stuff with his heavy metal bands in Brazil, which are, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing. Heavy metal is still a mm-hmm. big thing down there. And then uh, we have Mac, which is uh, the, the rhythm guitarist. He comes from uh, Texas. His parents are from Mexico, but he comes from Texas. And uh, then we got Tino, our bass player, and me, that we both come from Argentina. And we actually were born and raised like in a difference of like five miles between each oh, other. Oh, wow. Oh, that's awesome. But we never <laughs> knew each other before. before. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you talked about your journey and kind of uh, taking your steps in Argentina before you came here and kind of going to that next level and and seeing what can develop here. Do, do your bandmates, not the kid from Texas, because that's kind of, you know, <laughs> but do you feel like the, the other guys had sort of the same journey to get here? And also, do you find that makes you guys even closer and and better musicians because if you're if you're like okay I got to I, I want to go somewhere where I'm getting challenged and meet these other players that are better and step up the game and do you think that you're looking at like elite level musicians here yes definitely definitely because um in different ways uh going out from your own country and your hometown and just exposing yourself out there just and letting the music speaks it's a, I think it's for everyone that takes that decision. It's a responsibility and everybody takes it in a way that you want to get better, right? You want to get uh, better or unique. If you're an artist or you're a performer, you want to get better, right? Um, so definitely there's a responsibility in each one of us that made us, you know, uh, I think uh, also work for the best as a band, but uh, it definitely made us, follow uh our own path uh before joining you know in this in this band together so yeah everybody kind of like took their own decision to to come here to la and explore the possibilities and and we ended up meeting and becoming super strong uh also because of the pandemic right oh no doubt (laughs) which is which has been pretty amazing because i think uh you guys started when was the complete package formed with the all, all members. I think it was uh, March 2000 and uh, last year, 2020, that we were ready to go. We had uh, songs to play shows. We just recorded our first single, which was actually Love Bomb at that time. Yeah, I was a March 2020, right there when the pandemic hit. Yeah. We had a couple of good shows lined up and we were like, what are we going to do right now? Mm. <laughs> What's the game plan? Have you guys been able to play anywhere together yet then? Not in L.A. Uh, well, we basically have the, you know, we, we we rehearse at the Gibson showroom here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, so that thing, you know, when we could, we, we would do it nonstop. Pretty uh, nice uh, rehearsal space there. <laughs> yeah. Spoiled, <Pretty> nice. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, 
It's really good. It's uh, you want to try one guitar, you want to try the other one. <laughs> great. It's great. It's like a playground for us. <laughs> Always yeah. make you want a new guitar. I mean, no Always want to make you go jam, you know? Yeah, yeah. no doubt. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely one, a good thing for, for guitar players, bass players. But, uh, but yeah, it's a nice spot. It has uh, amps, it has uh, drums, it has a studio where uh, we can record everything. And we just did a, a live session right there at the showroom that we're going to be uh, showing and, 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 you know, uploading a couple of, uh, a couple of weeks. Oh, awesome. But yeah, definitely. We, we kept busy. We kept writing stuff. We kept doing videos, uh, you know, um, jamming, rehearsing, uh, recording ourselves as well. You know, it's, even without the public which uh, and the audience, we were still like playing the show and trying to get it better, you know? Um, oh, yes. Um, what was the first song that you guys finished writing? Was it Love Bomb or was it a different song? And, and how was that process? I think it was process? Love Bomb. Was it? It was, uh, it, when it was uh, a, a really um, out, of the, you know, out of the blue kind of thing. We were uh jamming in another spot uh the first times we were jamming with our singer juan carlos and um i throw down the riff for that song i kind of had it before but uh never played it the way i played it at that time it just came out right there it caught his ear he wrote down a melody in like five minutes and that was like the first you know uh band uh song that we just made you know and it was felt natural honest and it was a uh, it was it was a spark that we just follow and and we felt that uh, we felt that it it actually you know um, brought everything that each one of us could bring to the table you know a good riff a good melody um, you know the drums doing their kind of thing right there with following the vocals as well bass punchy bass you know and and all that good stuff that rock songs has I think and it was just kind of fell out naturally it seemed like yeah. That's awesome. It happens sometimes like that. Sometimes you bring a song and, you know, you put your your own style in it or your sound, you know, what the band sound is. Uh, but pretty much it's uh, it was like that. You know, it's either a spark at the moment uh, or a song that one of us had or a structure and we work it out. You know, we, we make it work and we try to... Um, respect everybody's influences and style and uh, make it one thing, you know, one just unique thing that we call Radio Ritual. Man, it would be perfect to play that song right now. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about, we're going we're gonna to close the podcast with Love Bomb. We'll play that full track at the end, but I would like to go ahead and, and let our listeners hear hear one of your songs. How about, uh, how about Candy at the Core? How about we let Let's our listeners it. hear that? All right, you, set you wanna, that one up, man. A little bit of rock, a little bit of rock, a little bit of punk over there too. Oh, yeah. So how, what was the process on writing this one? Is this one that you kind of brought to the table as well? That song, uh, the Juan Carlos brought it, uh, brought the lyrics and the, and the music. And uh, he had the style of a song that uh, he wanted to do something that had a message, which is uh, basically the lyrics of the song talk about, you know, uh, bullying, you know, about some people, how, how to cope cope with uh, different things in life, you know? Uh, you can be either a bully or you can be bullied, you know? But at the end of the time, each one of us has a heart, you know? And uh, either we try to hide it by attacking other people or we try to hide it by becoming, you know, closing ourselves and 
and becoming just like this shield. Uh, we always have a sensitive part, so we always a candy at the core, I would say. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Killer. And I noticed that about, uh, it seems like most of your songs, that's, that's part of radio wit- ritual is to, is to put a message out there. Yeah. 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 For our singers, uh, lyrics are super important and, uh, he always tries to write down or send a message, uh, in each one of our songs. Okay. We're here. We're going to listen to candy at the core. Yeah, <laughs> I love that song, man. <laughs> I love all these songs. So uh, when you guys recorded all, did, did you record them individually one at a time or did you go into the studio and lay all of them down at once? Or uh, We had different ways of doing it. Our drummer, uh, we nailed down the drum tracks for these four songs in uh, and actually five more in like one day <laughs> uh, right here at uh, Musicians Institute in Hollywood. He... He was doing a master class and we were, they were kind enough to lend us a studio. So he recorded the drums in like two hours, which was insane. And never seen that stuff happening uh, to anyone, any drummer that I have played. Dude, he, play, he, yeah. plays, he plays open-handed. I mean, he plays his snare with his right hand. And his, I'm like, that guy's a bad man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just looks cool playing drums. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he looks like he's having a good time, man. Yes. And definitely he he's. Excellent drummer, man. Yeah, the drummer, the drum strikes were laid down there, and then we just took it uh, from song to song. You know, uh, it was Love Bomb, then it was uh, Robots Were Underwear, right in the middle of the pandemic, and then it was Candy at the Core, which actually was done uh, at the same time. Um, the unfortunate things to, to George Floyd happened, so the song was actually, uh, you know, released. At that era and at that time, uh, where it actually meant something, the the, mm. the message meant something also. Uh, but we we weren't expecting, and I think nobody was expecting that this was going to happen. But uh, we weren't expecting to release this song. We didn't have any intent of releasing it at the same time it happened. But you know, uh, it just felt right for the time to 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 show and share this song. You know, because it had a message from us too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, it, it's been song to song, video by video, uh, tracks by tracks. You know, mixing back and forth. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your video pro- production. 
for Candy at the core, we did a we did a playful thing. It was a it was that weird time when we really had to be social distancing. Oh yeah, uh, the showroom was closed. Uh, the playground wasn't available at the time, so we just said uh, we had the trucks and um, we had some studio time too. Uh, so we just went in there. We re-recorded the tracks to get a live feel out of it, and then then everybody at home recorded the performances uh, on video. And their track as well, and so we released a song with a live playthrough thing that we just did on uh, during the pandemic. So, you know, we tried still try to respect what everybody was saying we had to do every rule. You know, we had to follow the, you know, every measurement and everything. Uh, so we just tried to do it as we could. You know, you know, the one thing that we're learning is video sucks. <laughs> it's so hard to deal with unless you work with video. Being an amateur video guy is is difficult. It's it's, it's super hard. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's super hard. It's super you need hard. to have someone that is pointing at what you do. You know, you need to have a director. You need to have a crew. Yeah. Uh, because as a musician or as an artist, you're just gonna focus on your performance. You know, yeah. not of uh, it's right angle or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like oh, you right, have a lot of gonna... in, your, in your plate first. You know. Uh, if you're especially recording it as well, uh, oh, yeah. you already have a lot on your plate to to fulfill. So, oh, I can imagine. Is Dancing Dead the your latest release? Dancing Dead is our latest release, and that video actually had a crew, had an awesome director. That is a cool video. That's a really cool video. Yeah. Um, we did it at uh, Giano, California, which is uh, like an hour and a half away from here. Spent a day uh, from 5 a.m. till 8 p.m. Uh, shooting the video it was a long day. Wow. And yeah. we had this different installations that uh, that we prepared a couple of weeks before. We went to the place that, uh, that we recorded the video in, the location. And uh, they had all these parts from cars. Uh, just a junkyard, you know, with a lot of stuff. Rims all over the place, barbed wire, you know, even like fish tanks. Uh, refrigerators, aircraft, uh, furniture. It was insane. There was yeah. so much junk in there. But, uh, you know, we spent a couple of days there. Uh, we created these installations that you can see in each other's on the video. And then uh, our singer went there and put his uh, his paintings in there. He's, he painted everything in there with his, uh, his girlfriend. And uh, so we had the location ready. Uh, we're fortunate enough to have this uh, awesome crew uh, with a guy that was filming it. Um, our director as well, that is from the UK, and the, the and her sister that actually did the video editing on the UK as well uh, for us. It was like a really big international team uh, working with the band really close because uh, the script was made by Juan Carlos, and uh, and yeah. It was oh, based pretty much uh, his concept on the on the video, and uh, we just had a lot of fun doing it. It was a long day, though. <laughs> uh, so Juan Carlos is uh, quite a creative dude, then. It is. He is. He is a creative force in the band. Um, he has this uh, unique quality that uh, goes really well with his lyrics, and uh, he's super, super conscious about this stuff. And uh, yeah, every time he writes a lyric, he has to have a message or some kind of uh, purpose to it. And 
And when, you know, when he has to make the video, he always comes up with a concept and then we work it out as a band. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, just as you were talking through there, so he came up with the concept, the script for the video, he painted the set, he, yeah. write, he writes your lyrics. <laughs> quite a, quite a well, good. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of stuff. Well, basically, you know, it's uh, each song, whoever brings a song, it's always going to have... Um, a little bit more space on yeah. on on the creative effort or the direction of of uh, of the song, right? Absolutely. So who's the uh, who's the person in the white body paint? <laughs> uh, that's Juan Carlos. Yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's the he's the dancing dead in the video. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a song that talks about. Uh, Talking toxic relationships, you know, about uh, being afraid of change, of uh, breaking some chains or structures that make you feel miserable uh, because uh, it, you know or you somehow feel that it's going to throw you out of your comfort zone. And for some kind of reason, uh, it doesn't make you take the decision. So you just try to cope with being miserable and living at the same time. Mm. Uh, so that's basically the, 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 the concept of the song. It doesn't have to be about people. It could be about habits. It could be about vices or addictions. You know, it's, uh, there's different, uh, chains and that each one of us has, you know, um, it doesn't have to be drugs. It doesn't have to be addiction. Like I said, it could be a relationship or it could be your work, it could be your business. It could be something, you know, that's not letting you feel entirely uh, okay and enjoying the moment right uh so that's about that's the concept of the song that's uh is how how each one of us is living on their own like prison or installation in the video eventually uh what is for us it's a calling which is a song uh for each one of us makes us break these chains or you know unfold our masks see the word as it is and unite and, uh, you know, for a final performance as a band, basically. Okay. Well, let's awesome. listen to that now. Dancing Dead. Let's All do right. it. Let's do it. I want you to keep going. I know. <laughs> but yeah, you know, listeners, go out and uh, get on YouTube right now. Well, not right now. Finish the podcast. But <laughs> after you finish with the podcast, go watch the Dancing Dead video. You all have uh, such an interesting sound because I don't think it sounds like a lot of other stuff, especially that's out right now. 
How did did that just naturally develop, or, or is that because you know you brought this thing and then it changed form after the fact? How I think it, it. I think it's. Uh, you know, it's always uh, when when you have a song, you have a lyric, you have a melody. It's uh, it's always uh, kind of like easier to to add stuff to it. Um, but I think uh, both me and Juan Carlos, we we pretty much know what we want to avoid as a band, uh, any cliches, um, towards the sound, you know, or different styles and stuff. So we are really, uh, careful of what we want to put on the songs. We always want to take a minimalistic approach, uh, on guitar parts, bass parts, whatever. It needs to follow the song and the intent of the song. And it needs to add stuff or character to the vocal melody, first of all. Mm. Uh, so that makes it a different uh, a different point of view or a different direction when we're writing stuff. It's more about uh, adapting their style to the songwriting while still making it unique uh, with different stuff that maybe we don't, wouldn't come out with, you know. Mm. Um, and we try stuff, you know. We we have this playground play over there at the showroom to try different uh, ideas, but it pretty much all of us have a home studio as well. And um, a drummer, like I said, recorded the tracks. So we had a lot of time to try different stuff, you know, and try to make it as unique as we can. Uh, technology helps a lot, basically. Oh, yeah. uh, developing sounds and, uh, you know, different things here and there. Uh, so, yeah, the whole pandemic thing uh, for us made us, uh, you know, be super relaxed, take our time and try to find something that makes each one of the songs unique in their own way. Uh, but still creating a style that it's for us unique. And thank you very much, guys, for pointing that out. That's oh, no problem, pretty yeah. much uh, the best compliment you can get as a band is that you guys are unique and you have mm. your own thing. You know, Definitely. So definitely have your own thing. And that's part of when you took... say. Was it a situation where maybe you would send something over to Juan Carlos and he would send it back and you would go, ooh, I need to change my part here to make to complement this? Or was it not like that, but like you wrote something and he complimented with what he was doing to, to make everything better on that end instead of having to... I like would say both. And it depends on the, on the song, for example, because um, Dancing Dead was a song that he brought uh, he had the lyrics and the and the and the melody. I brought in the guitar break, the the guitar delay parts, you know. Uh, and uh, yeah, so each one of us either brings an idea or a song structure, and then we try to adapt any sounds that we do to the vocal melody first of all, uh, or the vocal performance. And, you know, but basically the music has to, you know, uh, add up to, to the vocal stuff, first of all, you know, it's, uh, we need, we have a singer and, uh, that's basically the most important band of the band in the sound or the most determining thing, you know, uh, as far as also like the, the guitar sounds and not just coming up with the parts, you know, the way you play it, uh, I guess. Every time you start, you know, a new song, it helps in the process of adapting each one of us uh, to the to the band. Even the way you play or you perform your parts, you know, it's just it needs to be something uh, that creates a balance between all of us and makes something special. So yeah, in this case, it was Juan Carlos. 
uh, that brought the song. Uh, he brought it to me. I started working on guitar parts, uh, different things on in each section. We wanted to make something uh, that felt like started from one point, got to the vocal break, and it changed to a whole different thing. Uh, it had a concept on the song. Uh, basically, there's like a vocal break in the middle of the song after the second chorus. So that was actually pretty planned out because uh, we had this concept of breaking the chains and breaking all the structures and, you know, uh, getting yourself free of that things and just be a band. And hmm, that's yeah. what we kind of worked out on that song. Uh, but for example, for Robots, uh, it's a riffy song. Uh, we just needed, you know, something, a good message, uh, a nice uh, melody, for example, that could go with the riff. And it basically depends on, uh, I would say, what is brought to the table. Uh, the direction that we give it, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. And I love the uh, I love the sound of that bass coming in on in, in that song. Oh, thank Dancing you. Dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's uh, that's Tino, our bass player. We the good thing about the pandemic is also we find new ways to recording stuff. Uh, you know, with different uh, pedal boards, uh, interfaces, software, uh, and yeah, bass was one of those things that we got a really good sound in this song. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No doubt. Fat and thick and driving. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, all the, basically all that your releases have happened during the pandemic, right? Yep. That's so right. how would you, I don't know if we've talked to a band that has formed during, you know, kind of formed right before and, and was getting ready to really gear up for their solo initial release to the world as all this shut down. Yeah, basically everything's happened for Radio Ritual and crazy year of 2020. That's right, yeah. What would the rollout have been like otherwise? What was your vision for this before all this? I think it would have been uh, pretty much different. I think it would have been <laughs> playing a lot of shitty shows first, getting your, you know, the, the name of the band out there, uh, not playing on the best conditions or the best <laughs> audience for first. Uh, I see that happens. You know, it's, it's bound to happen with everyone that starts oh, yeah. and it's okay. So, you know, it's been tough for us because we hadn't played for an audience in a long time, but definitely been good for us in thinking, uh, hey man, you know, it's, uh, we don't need to put up a record to, to, to drag attention to anyone, you know, especially in this modern age where like attention is like 15, 20 seconds. No time, doubt. You know? No doubt. It's almost like, you know, although everything shut down, it, it slowed you guys down a little bit to maybe focus on rolling it out slowly. Has that, do you think that it's helped you build what you would, uh, somewhat of a following? So when you actually do have your real like release show or whatever you end up having, and do you think that you may end up being kind of spoiled by that. You're going to have probably a bigger crowd than you would have had on that shitty show, man. Which right. <laughs> well, we you know we we are making a little bit of showcases shows uh, awesome. privately here and there with some people of the industry and friends, good friends as well from bands. So we're definitely taking care of uh, you know the future, and good. we're we're gonna play actually a, a show in a in a live venue. Um, so we're we're taking care of that, but. Um, I guess uh, also social media uh, didn't affect us in the way that it affects a lot of bands in, in some kind of way. Um, for social media on the band, the, the one that actually manages all the stuff was me. So 
for me, since we didn't have the live shows, we didn't have to worry about touring or doing live shows. Um, we just took care of uh, how are we going to promote each one of our songs and get it uh, known as much as we can without playing it live. And that means uh, it's talking about the song, showing how the song is played, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sharing the song, uh, a video, you know, it's, uh, there's so much stuff that you can do to not let social media get uh, rule the way that you're going to, you know, make this band or any band work, right? Mm. Uh, from what I feel right now, it's like everybody's trying to put out music to be constantly putting music out uh, on a platform like Spotify, for example, or putting out a lot of videos on YouTube. Uh, we're just taking, without just taking the time to actually promote it and, and really sharing what is behind the song, the concept, the idea of, uh, you know, there's so much stuff that you can show or you can uh, do with social media not affecting the creative process of the band. So for us, it was, uh, you know, just let's play slow, uh, show song by song, take the time that we have with each song, make something cool out of it, have fun with it. And when we just, you know, finish everything, doing everything that we can for that song. Let's move on to the next bit. You know, let's, let's take this, this year to really slow down and, and focus on putting our word out there and the entire message of each one of our songs. And that's how we win dealing with it, basically. Mm. It's pretty amazing, the attention and, and the presence and, and the impact you guys have made with, uh, you know, all your work happening during this shutdown. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, because, you know, when you go on and, and when I went on and watched your, your videos, you know, you guys don't just have a few hundred views. You have thousands and thousands of views on your videos. That's um, right. Yeah. And you haven't been able to really go out and promote those live. Yeah, he's no, gonna. They're gonna jump. But, they're gonna jumpstart those uh, crappy shows that he was talking about, man. They're gonna go straight to the good. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. you guys have no, earned no, your. It's uh, just, uh, you know, it's uh, we <laughs> had to deal with the pandemic, and we have the place uh, to record shows. Uh, we, you know, we have a riser on the drums. We have lights. We have amps. We have uh, smoke machines. We we're still making our own little shows when we have people coming over and see our bands. Awesome. Unfortunately, we can do it for like. 50, 100, 200, or 1,000 people, it doesn't matter. Uh, but we will. In the meantime, uh, for us, it was a focusing on, you know, uh, showing what we really are. This is, uh, this is where we are. We're a new band. We have uh, these kind of songs that we want to show you. This is our thing. And um, Argentina, South America has been really good for us, too. Um, they appreciate us, you know, uh, trying to share the music that we make here on the States back to our own place. Because I don't know if you ever seen a show for like ACDC or Guns N' Roses oh, yeah. or Megadeth in, in Argentina or South America. They're <laughs> huge. We love rock. We yeah. really feel it. And we're going to sing each one of those riffs or songs if we know them. You know? I think there's currently an ACDC in Brazil. On it's a, like it's a River Plate, I think. It's yeah. uh Oh, River Plate is a stadium. It's a. I went to that show with my brother. Are you kidding uh, me? And <laughs> I'm on the crowd, all over in the top with my 13 year old brother at that time. <laughs> uh, his first show was ACDC on the Runaway uh-huh. Train. Uh, 
I think it was Black Eyes album, yeah. So you were his cool uncle, your brother. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have a vivid picture of him just, you know, grabbing some kind of bar in the middle, in you know, right up there and just like really head banging. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Now you know how I feel about this music, man. <laughs> That's amazing, man. That is amazing. Yeah. Hopefully you get a chance to play that place someday. I wish. I wish. You know, it's like we we really care about South America coming from there. Uh, so we really do hope that we go there somewhere. Uh, but we really want to tour the States a lot, too. Oh, yeah. It's, it's such a big country and there's so many places we can go. Uh, that we're really uh, trying to, you know, to, to put the world out there and see if a uh, radio ritual can go to wherever we, we want to, you know. We would like to play a show in Kentucky. Uh, we're planning to go to Texas Come as on, well man. because yeah. one of our, of our members is right there too. So, you know, there's uh, infinite possibilities to go, but uh, I think we just got to wait for the right time. If you don't remember to contact your friends at Top Hill Recording when you make it near <laughs> Kentucky, we'll be upset. So no, 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 put that in your notebook. That's not going to happen. <laughs> there you go, man. All right. Maybe we'll be getting the show for everybody. That's where but <laughs> our hope is to be that person that brings everybody here for a show someday. Yeah. So yeah. It'd, it'd be amazing to have you guys. Well, at least you're going to see us how we perform live. Uh, I would say in like a month, we got, a, we got this live session that we did at the showroom with uh, multi-cameras recording Ooh. us simultaneously as we were recording the performance. So, uh, yeah, we had six cameras, <laughs> uh, a big crew, lights and everything, recording us live. Um, so we just wanted to, to show a live, you know, a live feel out of the songs. Uh, came out great. We're actually in the mixing process right now. And uh, today I'm going to go to to the video editor's house to do some finish, uh, you know, finishing things here and there. Uh, but it came out great. And hopefully we can share it with you guys. Uh, we, we're going to upload it in a month. Oh, actually, yeah. The 16th of April is going to be Radio Ritual live at the showroom for everyone to see what we've been working on this last year. Wait, is this oh, awesome. is today? The, one month from today? Yeah. From today. Yeah. Oh, man. How exciting. Yeah. Six cameras. <laughs> shoot. I'm, I'm super excited. Super anxious to, to share anything. You know, it's like, oh, uh, man. It came out so great. And I'm, you know, I'm biting my nails to, to not share anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the hard part, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's a, you know, you have to cope with your anxiety and and social media, which is uh, one of the biggest promoting platforms at the time, you know, mm -hmm. so you got to take that into consideration. And sometimes you got to buy your nails to share stuff because you got to do it at the right times. You know? That's right, man. Yeah. Well, and you guys have done, you guys have done it right. So far, you've rolled out everything perfectly. Um, and I think that you're just peaking interest. And now with this video coming out in a month, what, how do you, uh, What's that going to look like? Is it a full set? Is it five songs? How, what is that? It's a it's a four song set that we just did with the songs that we that we that we released. So basically, there hasn't been any shows, right? Any mm -hmm. live shows? Nobody has been able to see Radio Ritual perform these songs live. So so we're doing this for you guys. That's awesome, <laughs> man. Is, you know, there's no live show, so we're gonna still show you how a live show of Radio Ritual is. Okay, and, yeah. Um, you know. Social media gives us a little time here. You know, it's a, there's a span of attention that each one of us has. So probably it's going to be released song by song, or maybe we're going to release one or two songs first, and then the full thing 
you know, afterwards. We oh, haven't cool. decided yet. We just want to see the reactions uh, of our followers first before, you know, see how we were going to share it or release it by entirely or song by song. Oh, man, that'd be amazing. My vote's in entirety. I was going to say, don't put it uh, entirely. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, it's definitely going to be entirely. We, One way. We, yeah. we will um, and, uh, upload it entirely on our IGTV stuff and our YouTube. But in the meantime, yeah, definitely it's going to be. The whole show is going to be there. And that's going to be awesome because it came out really, really good. Um, it was hard work because uh, we had to keep up with the level of uh, recording. And you got to play the songs at least as good as you recorded them. Uh, but it's a live show and it's a live rock band. So definitely there's some kind of a flavor that you got to add to it mm -hmm. uh, to make it, you know, a live performance, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it came through fine. <laughs> yeah, you guys it nailed did, it. it did. <laughs> I would have been smiling if it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be looking forward to that. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So Burton, our fans that want to follow Radio Ritual closely or closer, where do they do that? Where can they find you on the socials and where can they find your music and th that sort of thing? You can find us on Instagram as Radio Ritual, uh, on YouTube as Radio Ritual as well, um, Facebook, Spotify, basically anywhere that you're going to type in Radio Ritual. Even if you Google it as well, it's going to show up our songs on uh, Spotify or videos on YouTube. Uh, in different, you know, interviews, photos, you're going to see, you know, just type in Radio Ritual and you're probably going to see us pretty much over there, you know, um, <laughs> either a photo of, of this five crazy individuals that, uh, you know, form Radio Ritual or one of our videos for sure. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks again for talking with us today. We're going to go out with Love Bomb. Can you set that up for us? We've talked about it yes. some. It's about a song about unexpected love. Uh, about having fun with unexpected things in life. Uh, has a nice catchy riff to it. So I hope you you guys enjoy that, uh, you know, a good rock song. Oh, yeah. All right. Always love a good rock song. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Burton. Thank oh, you, yeah. guys. Thank you, Brad and Neil. Thank you, everyone is listening to, to Top Hill. And uh, thank you very much for the opportunity. And I hope you, you enjoy Radio Ritual as much as we do. All right. Man, thank you so much, Burton. Thank you, guys.